Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, The The Pro Pro Wrestling Wrestling Fault, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained Carl Anderson, Anderson, the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harrison, Jillian Hall. Plus 45 other short stories including Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Kamala, Thunder Rosa, Mario Mancini, Scott Casey, PJ Black, Carrie Morton, Sal Renaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Colby Carino, Bam Bam Malone, and many others. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville. It's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, fans, it's the Combat Cast with the man they call Dave and Sheva Rooney. We are the third down if you search Bellator 289 and UFC 282 on Google right now. Just want to throw that out there. Coming for that number one spot, baby. Let's go. Yeah, actually, we had it briefly. And then one of them, I don't know if you caught it, one of the main event fighters in Bellator 289, he released a video. And that fucked us. So. <laughs> we're, we're rooting against him. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We're back, baby. And Chevy, why don't you tell people what we got coming up? All right. December 17th, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night Cannon Air versus Strickland. And then we're working on a best of 2022 show for the end of the year. And yeah. we're, we're thinking about bringing it back. MMA Jeopardy. MMA Jeopardy. Yeah. We got to go that rubber match, you know? Rubber match. Yeah, we're tied one and one. We'll see what uh, happens next. But Chevy did give me a pretty good thrashing last time. Uh, That's right. You were on your uh, MMA game. I, I know. Let's get to the news first, but I want, I'm excited to talk about this past week's main event. All right. Yeah. So, what's around the ring is our news segment. And the first news segment we have piece of news is OSP has now been removed from UFC 282. After his third potential opponent pulled out, we talked about it last week, how he was on to his third opponent. That opponent has pulled out. Just not in the cards for him for this just, fight card. Just horrible, horrible luck. Man, I don't know who this guy is going to eventually fight. He's getting older, too. But mm-hmm. uh, I hope we get a fight for him soon. I hope we give him somebody like a favorable matchup, too, at this point. Because he's been waiting. Probably not. The UFC don't give a shit. So yeah. <laughs> thanks for waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Another piece of news. A little back and forth. Not so much back and forth, but a little shit talking between Conor McGregor and and Joe Rogan on Twitter. Yeah, Joe went out and uh, talked about. Uh, I forget how he worded it, but basically, Conor might burn the Lasada. Like, uh, melt the cup. The, melt the, the yeah. Cup. Yeah, and then Connor pulled out a couple pictures of Joe at like 24-52. And so Joe is openly on steroids, by the way. This isn't really much of a debate. Joe is pretty open about He's not even a fighter, so he can take yeah. all the steroids he wants. He can, and he's totally like pro-steroids from everything I've ever seen. And Joe mentioned like The Rock, too, recently. I think Rogan's point, I don't want to necessarily make, he, I mixed up Connor with this, too, but I know Rogan's point when he was talking about, it was uh, basically it all started with the Liver King. Mm-hmm. I guess getting, you know, in trouble and admitting he took all the stuff too. 
shocking. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> like, right. you know, his point is that, like, if you don't want to talk about it, that's cool. But he feels like people that like The Rock and everything too that have a responsibility. Like, if you're going to talk about working out, your you should probably let people know what you're doing because it's not really reasonable for people to expect they're going to go work out and get these same kind of results. Right. It's not attainable for most people without that, as you can see by the amount of people that are on steroids. So, right. yeah, if you're like selling something, you know, which Liver King was selling supplements or whatever. Sure. You know, the Rock, he probably has a fitness plan or whatever. He's in Bodybuilder magazine or something like that. And his case is a little bit different because he's in the public eye and has to answer sure. to Disney and all that. But that's the problem. Same thing with Chris Hemsworth and some of these yeah. other guys too. Like, yeah, I'm sure they don't give a fuck, but they got they probably. Do you want to give up? You know, millions, potentially billions of dollars, right? Like, have that conversation. Ah, probably not. <laughs> right. Same problem the UFC is having with this James Krause thing. You know, they don't want to worry about the betting, you know, DraftKings and all that. Right. You know, not being able to, to use them as advertisers and all that. So Canada's a big MMA market. There's already issues now in Canada because of this. It's and like, New Jersey too. That's you know, another big so, one. So well, yeah. I don't want to get into the Krause thing too much because I don't know a lot of details, but it's not looking great, you know, like myself you are a big fan of james kraus so yeah. uh I'm, I'm hoping that the way this, this is going is not yeah hopefully yeah. we we get some new information on that soon so let's move on last piece of news your boys working fans podcast gonna be live at bellator 289 this friday uh stats versus sabatello so keep an eye out on the youtube we'll be probably doing a, a few live videos for you guys sabatello got like probably the biggest booze of anybody i saw when we were at the uh, last show at mohegan sun mm-hmm. so i'm very interested to see what kind of receptions he gets this time he's a less like and more boring colby covington in my eyes so yeah you know yeah, that says yeah. a lot it definitely says a lot all right let's move on to last week's fight night card because it was a great card so let's uh get into that that's usc fight night wonder boy versus holland kevin holland um we'll just go over the main card there are a few good fights in the prelims but mostly decisions um let's just start with the main card eric anders Hill, who got a decision <laughs> yes i know i know finally a justified decision too so yeah she had him. a great performance good for her <laughs> all right main card eric anders versus kyle Dawkins. yeah Eric Anders picks up a big victory here. Very impressive. I thought this was not going to be uh, Eric Anders' night. And I had an idea for a fight, too, afterwards. Kelvin Gastel. Oh, yeah. That's a fun fight between those two, for sure. <laughs> I do think Kelvin technically is much better with his footwork, his boxing skills. He could piece Eric Anders up. But I think in this fight that we just saw, uh, we saw a little bit different style from Eric Anders, yeah. much more aggressive, which I think plays to his skills, his striking skills. I think he has to be aggressive. He can't pick people apart on the outside. He needs to make it kind of dirty. And that's what he did against Kyle Dawkins. And, and Dawkins just couldn't hang with him on the feet. And uh, eventually he got TKO'd in round two. So good for Eric Anders. Also, I think right before this too on the main card, Philip Rowe, Nico Price. Oh, was that right? on the main card? That was. He did that submission where he turned him over though and ended up just punching the crap out of him. That was the Philip Rowe one, right? Where... uh no. Oh. no, 
That was Jack Hermanson and Roman Dolby. Uh, That's the next yes. card or next fight. This was the Phil Pro was on the main card according to what I have right here. But you're right, that was that fight. Right, he beat yeah Nico Price. Yeah, he he did it very technically sound. Uh, he stayed at range, and Nico just couldn't get his hands on him really. So I mean, he did land on him and hurt him at one point but Roe came back and finished unfortunately yeah i had uh, Roe and michelle piera as a potential future fight too yeah i haven't seen Roe fight too many times but he was impressive he did get on the mic and was a little bit cringy but in the octagon his skills look pretty good so yeah all right we'll move on we'll talk about that jack hermanson versus roman dolides super impressed yeah yeah like i I thought for hermanson on the ground that he would be able to handle things. That did not work out at all. But yeah, I don't know. And this was another fight where uh, I saw this and I was trying to think of a future opponents for him too. And one I came up with was uh, Chris Curtis. Actually, Yeah, maybe the winner of Chris Curtis versus Joaquin Buckley. All right, Buckley's got that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the winner of that fight. Yeah, Absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean, I was super impressed with Roman's grappling. I knew that he had some grappling skills, but... You know, I definitely thought that Jack had the superior grappling. And then he locked in that calf slicer and rolled him onto his belly. There was no getting out of that. Nobody was getting out of that. So uh, good on him. Yeah, I I think uh, winner Chris Curtis versus Joaquin Buckley. That's a pretty good fight for either guy. Yeah, absolutely. And then this fight. Oh, boy. Yeah, tied two of us versus Sergey Pavlovich. Yeah, Pavlovich. Very impressive. I don't remember if I changed my mind. There was one you changed my mind on. I think I just want a title win. But I remember I had a bad feeling about this, and boy, that feeling was right. <laughs> but I mean, they both came out kind of swinging. Sergey just looked like he had the more technical strikes. And I don't know, for this point, I was looking at uh, Sergey's rankings. I think he's like number two, just behind like Stipe, and maybe number three. So Stipe and I think Gon is ahead of him. So I feel like Sergey has to have a big fight next. I mean, the only one below him, I think he could fight be like Curtis Blades. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's fight. That would be a great fight. Or you give him a fight with Gon. I don't think Stipe's taking any fights now unless you're a huge name or a title fight. But I think Gon or Curtis Blades would probably be in Sergey's wheelhouse. And as impressive as he was here, I'd, I'd love to see either one of those fights. Yeah, I think Gon is probably the fight to make for sure. I think that'll be what we see next. But as far as the tie fight, yeah, like you said, more technically, his punches were just straighter, which means that they got there first. I mm-hmm. mean, he has all the power, though. He knocked tie down with a jab yeah. and you know we know how hard tie is to finish so good on him bummer that tie didn't get to show out and and he also sergey has beat tie and Derek the black beast lewis mm-hmm. both within a minute so yeah. you know he's the real deal his only loss was to alistair overream obviously no punk was his first ufc fight ufc fight yeah, yeah. so I mean, he's a he's a real problem for the division. I agree. All right, so we'll move on to Matthias Niklau versus Matt Schnell. This is one we both got wrong. Yeah, good on Matthias. I actually forgot to pick a, a future opponent for this, but yeah, I thought Matthias super impressive. And what can you say about these flyweights? Though, like, yeah, I feel like they're all so talented. Yeah, he's the real deal. He's so good at setting traps and counter punching mm-hmm. on the feet. He kind of like lulled Matt to sleep, get, would get him to come in and then just land on him super heavy. He's flown under my radar, but I'll definitely be sure to pay attention to him going forward. 
All right, another fight that I think we both got wrong. Yeah. Brian Barberina versus RDA. This is the one I think you did change my mind on. You actually changed my mind on the main event, too, so good on you for that. So uh, thank you for one. and But RDA, I remember thinking, no, I think maybe we disagreed on something. I think RDA, though, like the thing was you were saying you weren't sure he'd be able to get that takedown. And right. he did. I, I, I went with Barberina round one KO, so I was not right. right. No, 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 no. RDA, yeah. But I'll say this, too. RDA far more impressive than I expected him. Like, I thought he'd be able to possibly pull this off. I thought he was a little more technical than previously Robbie Lawler and Matt Brown. I thought he'd be well-rounded. I thought, you know, that takedown was going to be the big difference. I was right, but he was still way more proficient. Like, it was... And when when he got on the ground, he had almost already tapped Bob Reno out earlier in the fight, too. Yeah, I'm real impressed with RDA here. And this is going to kind of ruin it for the main event, but I guess I like that as a next matchup like they're both at welterweight steven wonderboy thompson rda i feel like like they're both names and i don't know like barbarino if wonderboy goes down as easily from the takedown yeah so as far as the barbarina fight yeah rda he's still a dog he's super well-rounded still super tough it stood up to whatever shots Brian was throwing at him. Good on him. Impressive. But he, he called out Connor after the fight. And, you know. know, everyone calls out Connor. I think that's a good match. It's good. It, it's a good match for both guys. Yes. There's it's, heat between them from mm-hmm. lightweight. You know, obviously RDA was supposed to fight Connor. He hurt his foot. And I think Connor, that was when Connor fought Chad Mendez, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, which you were at that card, I believe, right? I was was one of yes. Yeah. No, Aldo got hurt and fought Chad. Uh, he ended up fighting that. That was, that was actually how we ended up with the first Nate Diaz fight. And then right. that ended up turning the world upside down. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, huge missed opportunity for RDA. But with Connor, obviously, the minimum weight class he's going to be fighting at anytime soon is 170. Mm-hmm. RDA willing to fight at 170. Connor desperately needs a win at this point. RDA is 38 years old. He would have a grappling advantage, but Connor would favor his own striking. You know, it's a winnable fight. RDA is at this point a legend, pretty big name. You know, I I think it makes sense for both guys. Yeah. So I kind of hope that's the one that we see. I I don't know if we'll get it. I always have a hard time guessing the Connor McGregor raffle. But I mean, if that, I did think too, yeah, that is a fight they could make because they could see Connor and they both have names. And if, you know, RDA wins, all the power to him. Like, he's one that Dana kind of has a soft spot for. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, just one of the nicest guys in the in the sport, too. So, all right, we'll move on to the main event. Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Kevin Holland. So good. You called this right down the middle. I was actually very proud of you watching this fight because Holland did put his striking on him early, but... Like he played that game. He didn't, you know, he, he, a couple, a little late, he did try to take him down a little later. But at that point, I remember watching that thing and like, kind of like Nate Diaz played in my mind, like, oh, we're a wrestler now. (laughs) You know, we want to wrestle now, you know. He had a broken Uh, hand though. So he did. uh, And he did take Wonder Boy down earlier in the fight and literally stood up and said, nope, get up. And that's what Michael Bisping called him out on too for saying he was maybe fighting with his ego, not the smartest MMA IQ. And it's great you want an exciting fight, but wouldn't you rather have the victory? Would he? I think he's. I don't know. Uh, possibly retiring again. I think he literally just wants to have exciting fights. I don't. I honestly don't know if he is at the level to win a championship. He is a great fighter, but I think he might be just below that. 
And I think he just wants to put on exciting fights. So props to him. I'm not going to shame him for that. You know, there are ways to make money just being an exciting fighter. Look at Nate Diaz. Uh, You know, he was never champ, but he made tons of money. So yeah, or Masvidal. Exactly. So props to Kevin for, first of all, being a man of his word. I mean, he did go for those takedowns later, but he was getting pieced up. He got stunned both times. What Um, a chin. yeah, Yeah. Amazing chin. He took so many super hard head kick from the greatest striker in the UFC. Like, yeah, very impressive all around. Impressive mindset walking out to the cage he was so loose and singing and everything you know yeah i'm just a huge fan of the guy both guys i'm so glad to see wonder boy get a win i I think he needed it against a top level opponent somebody willing to play ball with him and and the fans in orlando got treated to one of the best fights of the year you kind of gave me an idea what about like i said i want to see wonder boy and rda what about wonder boy and connor i mean i know it's a more dangerous stylistic fight than probably usc wants but you got a couple names you got a couple very interesting personalities because Connor would talk some trash and wonder what boy would just turn the other cheek and turn it into something charming. I mean, it'd be very interesting. I think the the niceness of Wonder Boy kind of nullifies the Connor mm-hmm. being able to build the fight. It could be more like what we saw against Cowboy, who's very respectful of Cowboy and everything. Right. I just feel like the way that Connor is, it'd be hard to build a fight. Obviously, two huge names be a very interesting yeah. fight for sure. So, I mean, that's a fight I would love to see. You know, it would make tons of money. So it's it's a possibility, but probably not, not at the top not of good. yeah, probably not at the top of Connor's list. He doesn't want to be seen getting pieced up on the feet and head kicked around and shit. So nope. I bet that's not-, not his first choice. Excellent, excellent fight night card for Orlando. So let's move on to uh, our last pay-per-view of 2022, UFC 282, Blokovic versus Ankalaev. Prelims, couple prelims we're going to go over, not all of them. We'll start with Chris Curtis versus Joaquin Buckley. Mm -hmm. I like Buckley. I think they're both, I I think it's a pick them. Honestly, I could see either one. Both like to get that finish. Both have been looking good as of late. But I can't remember if Chris Curtis won his last fight too. But I know he had won a couple in a row. I think he might have lost his last. I don't have it in front of me right now. But I think this would be a good fight. I just, I don't know. I feel like Buckley is just, I don't know. Like there's something about him where I feel like he just needs to put it together. Like he could turn that page and I think he could be a top contender in the middleweight division. Yeah. Chris Curtis did lose his last one, a, a decision against Jack Hermanson. I think he just really couldn't land on Jack. I agree. This is a very close fight for sure. A uh, very fun fight for the fans. Again, an- another couple of guys that really like to strike. I think I'd give Chris Curtis the fight IQ and boxing skills advantage, but Buckley mm-hmm. definitely has the power advantage. Yeah. He's more dynamic. He'll throw kicks and, you know, mix in a couple takedowns and stuff to keep Chris guessing. But I've mentioned on this podcast, I'm not a huge fan of Joaquin Buckley, but he was on mm-hmm. Rogan's podcast and I listened to it and softened my stance on that. <laughs> and, uh, he is a bit more likable when he hasn't just been in a cage fight. So I'll, I'm going to recant on that a little bit. I, I am a fan of the guy. He won me over. So with that being, Curtis, what's ahead. that? You think the experience of Curtis is going to be the factor here? Right. So with, with that being said, I do still think that Chris Curtis is going to get the win. I think he frustrates him early and tires him out. And then it's possible that he gets a TKO once he tires him out. But I, I think this fight goes the distance. We're going to get a bit of a war. In this one, I'll say Chris Curtis 
using fight IQ, he gets a decision. Okay. All right, move on. We're not going to go over this fight, but Edmund Shabazian is fighting someone. I can't pronounce the gentleman's name. I'm not even going to embarrass myself trying. They're both on three fight losing streaks. Though. Yeah. So, so good luck to Edmund. He was a prospect that the UFC kind of threw in a little too quickly into the deep end, I think, which leads us into our next fight. Raul Rojas Jr. versus Jay Perrin. Mm. Raul Rojas Jr., young, 18 years old? 18, just turned 18, I believe. 18, I'll go with him. He's the prospect. I don't know much about, yeah, I'll go with Raul here. I don't know. I don't know much. I want to, we'll see how he goes. I know the story. So this is our first time to really kind of see how this kid does. Big stage. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. I just think that we haven't seen enough of him yet to really make an educated pick. He's very exciting and obviously he's young, but that hasn't worked out great for many UFC fighters, unless you're Max Holloway or Sean O'Malley. When you get tossed to the wolves in the UFC, there are no easy fights. You get tossed to the wolves early. It can be a hamper to your career, a la Mickey Gall or Sage Northcutt or, you know, Edmund Shabazian. You could argue Darren Till, you know, there's there's more examples of getting in there too early can hurt your career, as opposed to like an Izzy who came to MMA later and, you know, look how dominant he's been. So I, I'm definitely rooting for Ro, Rojos Jr. Jay Perrin is a tough test for him, though. So good luck to him. Definitely keeping an eye on that fight. Featured bout of the prelims, Jarzinho Rosenstroke versus Chris Dawkins. I like Rosenstroke here. I think Rosenstroke was close at one point to being one of the top contend. He was one of the top contenders here. He's had a couple tough losses, but I think he can get this done here. I'll say TKO round two. Yeah, heavyweight is exciting again. It hasn't been... Super exciting for a little while. And then, you know, the last few weeks, especially, we've been getting great matchmaking in the division. So um, that's the same here. Rosenstruck's kickboxing technique versus Dawkins's powerful boxing. I think Chris is going to catch him at some point. I'll say around two TKO for Dawkins. All right, move on to the main card. Very exciting main card. Looking forward to this yes. one. Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Tapuria. Taporia, 12 and 0, 4 KO, 7 subs, 1 decision. Mitchell, 15 and 0, 9 subs, 6 decision. So, this is great. Like, talk about like two undefeated prospects here. Tapor, I think, is a little more, I think he's better on the feet. You know, this guy's got a chin on him. He can strike, but man, Mitchell's been a dog on that ground especially that ground game i'm gonna favor mitchell a little bit here i think it's gonna be a close competitive fight but uh, i'll take mitchell by decision yeah two undefeated grapplers that don't really like each other so exciting fight at first i was leaning towards tuporia because i thought he had a striking advantage and could hang with bryce on the ground but then i remember that in his last fight bryce was actually piecing up edson barbosa on the feet so if he can channel that again I think I'm going to give Bryce the edge and, and I'll say he wins by decision. So I agree with you on that one. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a great fight. And Tapore, I think like uh, he's had that beef with Patty, who's on this card later, mm-hmm. too. I still think I know Patty's a, up a weight class, but there's still potentially a big fight there for him. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. This is going to be whoever wins this. This is going to be like a lot of great momentum. Yeah. Launching this. point for your career, for sure. This is a- absolutely. Yeah. All right, move on to another fight that I'm excited for. Darren Till versus Driscus Duplesis. Driscus is 17 and 2, 7 KOs, 9 subs, 1 decision. Till is 18, 4 and 1, 10 KOs, 2 subs, 6 decisions. Till has had a little tougher of a go of it, but man, he's had 
some like really, really tough fights when you get down to strength of schedule. This is not a great fight for Till, though. I really wish like the UFC would give some easier matchups sometimes. So it's really hard for me to pick this one because I'm kind of a like I, I want Darren to do well. I just something about him this is very likable to me and I I'd want to see him do well. He has been training with Hazma Shamayev and some really tough, tough guys. So knowing that I'm gonna pick Till. I'm gonna say it's by decision. No, you know what? I think he's going to come back. I think he'll KO him. Uh, maybe even round one. I think this is, but I I can see this being a tough fight, but something in my bones is telling me this might be a Darren's night. And thank you for the birthday love out there. Yeah. Darren's also been training, side note, with Brendan Lockmain, the new featherweight PFL champion. So, you know, just a little side note there. Jesus, still needs some new management, though. He's only been fighting the very top guys, and Driscus might be his most dangerous UFC opponent. If you're not a hardcore fan, you don't know who he is. And so that means if Till loses to this guy, a bunch of people are going to say he's washed, even though, you know, that's probably not true. Mm-hmm. It's not an unwinnable fight for Till, but he does need to be at the top of his game. And I think that's just hard. He's been dealing with so many energy uh, injuries lately. He hasn't had a lot of consistent time in the octagon and I think that is going to affect him. I'm definitely rooting for him. I would love to see a redemption story with Darren Till, but if I had to bet money on it, I'd bet he gets TKO'd in round two. Driscus is a monster. So we got an interesting question here. I don't know if we want to wait to the end till we review all this, but hard question. If you guys had to bet on the main card, who would be your lock? I feel like this is a tough card to say I have a lock. Like A lot of these fights, I feel like, could go either way. But is there a guy you think kind of sticks out as a, I feel really comfortable if I had to bet money on someone? On the main card? No, I think it's very good matchmaking for sure. I'd say if I was going to bet money, and we'll mm-hmm. get to this later, okay. I would I'd put my money on Inkalayev. That's the one I was kind of wondering if you were going to say that because we'll, we'll talk about him and like what he's accomplished so far. Yeah, but we'll get to that. So Ankalaev uh, will be our answer yeah. for that. But we'll talk more about Ankalaev as we get to the main card. Do you want to... Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, well, this fight, uh, it's, you know, it's a new fight now. So that's why yeah. I want to... Okay. Alex Morano versus... Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio, 28 and 6, 15 KOs, 6 subs, 7 decisions. Guy is a knockout guy for sure. Alex Moreno, very, how should I put this? He's he's good all over, all right? He's got, he's 22, 7 and 1, 6 KOs, 6 subs, 9 decisions, including a disqualification win in his career. But he's on a three-fight win streak. Guy's over Cowboy Cerrone, Mickey, Mickey Gall, a four-fight win streak, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And it's arguably almost a five. Like, he had a decision loss to uh, Pettis. He possibly should have won. Yeah. So here's the one thing about great about Alex Moreno, too, that he's stepping on this. He's not a guy that's intimidated by anybody here, giving up probably a little size to Ponsonville, but, like, he'll bring it. This is an interesting weight class. It's an interesting chance for him to step up. I would favor Ponsonville. But I don't know. I'm going to go upset here. This is the one where I think just because he's on short notice, he's got nothing to lose. And I really am a fan of this Moreno. I think he's like super game and he's always ready to go. I think it be a decision. I think he, he might wear him down. I think I could see him using some wrestling because Alex is good all over. My only real struggle with this is, again, is that size factor. We'll see if it plays a part. First off, props to Alex for taking the fight on such short notice. You know, fans should appreciate when fighters stepping on short notice because you know they're risking their careers uh, oh, yeah. without a full camp and that can be such a 
such a big difference is whether or not you had a training camp or not. So I don't think stylistically this is a great matchup for Ponzinibbio. Yeah. But I, I think with the fact that Alex hadn't had a fight camp, that's that's going to help a lot because Alex is a pressure fighter. Mm-hmm. And that does kind of help out Ponzinibbio because he's a power puncher. Alex will keep walking towards him and will get hit. And it's possible that as Alex gets tired because he didn't have a fight camp, that Ponzinibbio can land those really hard shots on him and put him away. So I- I'm going to say that that happens. I would not be surprised if you were correct, but I'm going to say Ponzinibbio Gets him later on. I'll say around three TKOs. Yeah, I will find out. I have this hunch that Moreno's one of those guys who's constantly just staying in the gym ready. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll find out. He also just seems to always find a way to win, too. So, you know, whether he uses his normal style or he just does whatever seems to work in the moment, he has great fight IQ. All right, we'll move on to probably the people's main event, I would imagine. Patty Pimblett versus Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon, 19-5, and five, 6 KOs, 2 subs, 11 decisions. This is a tough matchup for Patty. Patty, 19-3, and three, 6 KOs, 9 subs, 4 decisions. Patty out of the UK now for this one, too. But I don't know. I think UFC knows what they're doing. I think they're taking their time. I feel like they feel like this is a good matchup for Patty. To me, it looks like it could be a tough one. But Patty's kind of rose to the occasion every time. I think this will be no different. I got Patty submission round two. Yeah, this is a good step up in competition for Patty. Jared is a well-rounded fighter, but Patty should be the favorite. So now if Patty overlooks him and gets cocky, Jared can stun him on the feet or catch him on the ground. He is great everywhere. I believe that Jared is actually a brown belt with Danaher which basically makes him a black belt in every other jujitsu school. So yeah, Patty should, you know, not be taking this fight lightly in an ideal world. Patty will come in and not do what he normally does in every first round of every fight, which is get clipped early and then have to fight back. I would really like to see him take this fight serious, come in, be technical, get Jared out of there as early as possible without taking damage. Get a big win and take this back to the UK. (laughs) Yeah, so I I think he can do that, and I think he will do that, and I think he's going to get a submission around too, like you said. Possibly he clips, you know, he gets Jared to engage in some sort of brawl, and, you know, Patty clips him and then jumps on his neck. The only reason I didn't pick Patty as my lock for this is because Patty's fight style. Because Patty likes to get caught. He likes to be exciting, and he can get caught that way, and we've seen him get caught. He does well, but at some point, I just worry that, you know, the odds are going to go up. I don't think it's going to be yet, but it's definitely one of those things where I'm like, "Ah, at some point, he's going to get caught here. Right. And, uh, you know, that brings us into Jan Blankovic versus Magomed Ankalaev. Blankovic is 29 and 9. He's 9 KOs, 9 subs, 11 decisions. This guy is great all over. He's the former champion. He's a guy that's been in the sport for a while, too, and he's gotten better as time goes on. He's beaten the former middleweight champion, style bender at light heavyweight. He's hard. He's going to be he's going to be a tough out here. But Magomed Ankalaev, 18 and 1, 10 KOs, 8 decisions. 18 and one that only one loss is i've said this before in other episodes to paul craig mm-hmm. and paul craig was losing that fight the whole time and ankaliyev let his guard down and he got caught in a submission and he tapped out with one second left for all intents and purposes magomed is undefeated he's got an undefeated mindset i don't see him losing here i think there's a reason why glover not that he was scared but i think glover was careful not to just take this fight 
on no camp, you know, like not that without training for this particular style. Yeah, I like Magomed Angolaf in this just because I think he's ready for this and I think he's going to get it done. Ah, uh, man, Blockovitz, he's such a tough guy to finish, though. It will be interesting if we go into the later rounds, round four and five. I will say that. But I like Magomed. I'll say he's going to do it round and pound, round three. All right. So, yeah, Jan has the power advantage. Ankalaev has the technique and enough of his own power on the feet. I think he strikes with Jan long enough to get Jan complacent, and then he shoots on him, takes him down, and then once he's on top, he finishes it with, ground pound ground and pound and i'm going to say that happens around three also so the reason i think that he's a lock which you alluded to with the patty thing is because like all other it seems dagestani fighters he will not allow himself he will stay disciplined yes to stay safe at all times doesn't care if the fight is boring he will take the fight wherever he is most dominant and is gonna win and that's you know what makes him a betting favorite for sure over you know like a patty pinlet like you said absolutely and i'll take this one more in the comment here thomas first off thanks for participating in the show today yes thank uh, you and the ufc won't promote a 35 year old jared gordon i agree i mean unless he makes himself undeniable but right now i would agree like if he beats patty for some reason like this is not what the ufc wants and they're not going to promote him at all i would imagine it would be like They'll try to get more favorable matches for Patty, probably try to get him back in the UK and try to milk the Patty train as long as they can. But yeah, we'll see. I'm I and I'm a fan of Pimlet. I, I like I said, I, I like his style. I think he could be a big star. What's the ceiling on Pimlet? I don't know. Yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah, but I'm excited. I know there's been some fights that fell for this pay-per-view, but I'm still excited. This is a good pay-per-view. <laughs> Got a lot to live up compared to the last one, but uh that was might have been the fight card of the year. That being said. Should be a great week in the fights. Chevy, tell me what we got coming up. December 17th, UFC fight night, Air versus Strickland. And then also this weekend, keep an eye on the YouTube for your boys, the Working Fans Podcast, coming at you live from Bellator 289. And then we'll be working on a best of the 2022 year show for you guys. Uh, I'll have an MMA Jeopardy coming up. And then also just shout out to uh, the man they called Dave. Happy birthday today, Dave. Thank you, sir. And uh, before we get out of here, one more thing, Thomas, just because I saw this. Good luck to you, sir. Since you are putting a lot of money, I hope you do well this weekend. Always rooting for people to do well. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 